It's Friday, February the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, fighting across Ukraine, and West imposes sanctions. First, the world in brief. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, ordered a, quote, general mobilisation of men into the army as Russian forces closed in on Kyiv, the capital. He called up all conscripts and reservists. Men aged 18 to 60 are prohibited from leaving the country. America's Secretary of State warned that Russia intends to, quote, inflict widespread human rights abuses and potentially worse. Mr Zelensky said 137 Ukrainians, both soldiers and civilians, were killed on the first day of Russia's invasion. He said Russia wants to, quote, liquidate him, but he will remain in Ukraine. There were reports of several explosions in Kyiv after a curfew was instituted on Thursday night. A Ukrainian official claimed that a Russian jet had been shot down in the capital. Earlier, Russian troops seized the former Chernobyl power plant, raising fears about disturbing nuclear waste there. Russian forces are advancing from the north, east and south and appear to be headed for the capital, encircling the city of Kharkiv, where fighting continues. They have launched over 160 missiles so far, said an American army official. President Joe Biden said he would impose harsh sanctions and export controls on Russia. America will freeze the assets of four Russian banks, including VTB, the country's second largest, and squeeze Russian elites. It will also limit high-tech exports to Russia. The EU also announced a package of, quote, massive sanctions, which includes measures that hit 70% of Russia's banking market. Western leaders, however, appear unlikely to cut off Russia from SWIFT, the bank messaging network, as Ukraine has sought. After the ruble plunged on Thursday, Russia's central bank said it would help stabilise the foreign exchange market. The invasion reflected the Russian president's, quote, desire for empire, said Mr Biden, and his, quote, sinister vision for the future of our world, one where nations take what they want by force. The Pentagon authorised 7,000 more troops to deploy to Germany. Emmanuel Macron, France's president, spoke to Mr Putin and demanded he halt military operations. Jens Stoltenberg, NATO Secretary-General, said the alliance would send extra troops to its eastern flank, which borders Russia and Ukraine, but that it had no plans to send troops into Ukraine itself. Stock markets in Asia rallied during early trading on Friday, recovering after Thursday's slides. Similarly, in America, after an early morning sell-off, Wall Street closed higher on Thursday. The S&P 500 climbed by 1.5% and the Nasdaq Composite by 3.3% in its best trading session of the year. However, 
oil prices show no sign of letting up. Brent crude, the international benchmark, nearly touched $102 a barrel after soaring past $100 for the first time since 2014. Thousands of protesters took to the streets in cities across Russia to express their shock and anger over the war. OVD Info, a human rights group, said that more than 1,700 people had been detained by the police. The protests are the largest since the regime arrested Alexei Navalny, the main opposition leader last year. Mr Navalny condemned the war, saying it was, quote, designed to divert attention from Russia's problems. Demonstrators have gathered in cities across the world. The UN estimated that 100,000 Ukrainians have fled their homes. The highway from Kyiv, the capital, to Lviv, a western city bordering Poland, was clogged and taxi prices soared. Kievians were advised to shelter in underground metro stations and the city's mayor imposed a nighttime curfew. Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania and Germany have said they are preparing for Ukrainian refugees. And fact of the day. 43%. The share of the world's palladium produced by Russia in 2020. And now here's today's agenda. Russia's assault on Ukraine. After declaring war on Ukraine in the early hours of Thursday, Russia bombarded Ukrainian airfields and military facilities with more than 100 cruise and ballistic missiles. Russian ground forces have advanced from multiple directions. The quickest have come from Crimea, in the south. In the east, Russian forces encircled the city of Kharkiv, where fighting continues. Other forces are coming from Belarus in the north. They seem to be converging on Kyiv, the capital, where there were reports of several explosions in the early hours of Friday. The fighting is not all one-sided. Ukraine appears to have made good use of the thousands of anti-tank weapons it was given by America and Britain in recent months, claiming to have destroyed a number of Russian tanks. But there is much fighting to come. Only a fraction of the Russian force has been deployed so far. The economic impact of war in Ukraine Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent shockwaves through the global economy. Oil prices soared above $100 a barrel for the first time since 2014 and gas prices in Europe jumped by 30% in early trading. Stock markets in America, Asia, Europe and Russia plunged soon after opening before recouping some of their losses. Markets tend to shrug off geopolitical tension, but the impact of this crisis may be different. Russia is the world's 11th biggest economy. Disruption caused by conflict and sanctions could lead to the weaponisation of trade in energy and commodities, which continued even during the Cold War. Expected sanctions could hurt Russia, but also push it to seek closer financial ties with non-Western economies, notably China. The short-term impact will be higher inflation and lower growth. 
In the long term, expect further questioning of global supply chains and integrated financial markets. Europe responds to war. Europeans are facing the grim effects of war on their continent after Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, ordered the invasion of Ukraine in the early hours of Thursday. They are also beginning to grasp the potential consequences of harsher European Union sanctions on Russia. At an emergency summit in Brussels, EU leaders agreed to impose new sanctions on Russia's financial, energy and transport sectors. They said these measures would result in, quote, massive and severe consequences for Russia. But when Europeans are already dealing with soaring energy bills, this could put a fresh squeeze on the budgets of those far from the front line. Emmanuel Macron, the French president, who in vain led the West's high-stakes efforts to find a diplomatic solution to the crisis, called the invasion a, quote, turning point in the history of Europe. Germany's Chancellor, Olaf Scholz, said Russia would, quote, pay a bitter price. At a time of extreme uncertainty for the continent, unity among EU members is one of the few, albeit limited, sources of reassurance. Another look at inflation in America. The January reading of the Federal Reserve's preferred gauge for inflation is due on Friday. It will provide a fresh clue about how aggressive America's central bank will be in raising interest rates. Forecasters think that the price index of personal consumption expenditures, which strips out volatile food and energy costs, probably rose by 0.5% in January compared with December, in line with its momentum in previous months. Anything higher than that will fuel bets that the Fed may kick off its rate-tightening cycle, with a chunky half-percentage point increase in March. Some decision-makers within the Fed seem to prefer a more gradual approach, probably starting with a quarter-point increase next month. Measures of inflation expectations based on market pricing have dipped in recent weeks, giving them a little more breathing space. And with Russia's invasion of Ukraine already rocking financial markets, they do not want to add to the stress. The popularity of Peaky Blinders Few British period dramas find favour with rappers, but plenty wax lyrical about Peaky Blinders. MCs like to compare themselves to Tommy Shelby, the show's protagonist, an ambitious gang leader in 1920s Birmingham. The final season of the drama starts on the BBC on Sunday. Data from Parrot Analytics, a research firm, suggests that it is among the most popular shows on Netflix, which acquired the streaming rights in 2014. Peaky Blinders depicts the nuances of multicultural working-class life as rival factions clash and struggle to improve their lot. Shelby is no class hero. He was a ruthless capitalist, at least at first, and became a Labour MP so he could spy on communists. Fans may be disappointed to learn that the gangster might soon be genuinely converted to socialism, particularly since British viewers are more likely to vote Conservative than Labour. The final season will explore Shelby's moral transformation. 
Devotees will hope his signature haircut, a short back and sides, remains intact. Daily quiz. You know the drill by now. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Who was the first African-American woman to be crowned Miss America? Finally, here's the quote of the day. From Vladimir Zelensky. It's a victory when the weapons fall silent and people speak up. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing. Available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.